ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. G'day, I'm Matt Brand, and today I'm at Australia's largest barramundi farm. It's located near Humpty Doo in the Northern Territory, and each week it produces around 100 tonnes of fresh barramundi for the market, with more than 5 million fish on this farm at any given time. That's a lot of fish, and they eat a lot of food. So today I'm actually here to meet Dr Richard Smullen, who is from Ridley Corporation. It's the company that makes the fish food. Hey Matt, um, I'm Dr Richard Smullen, work for Ridley Aquafeed. Uh, I've been working for Ridley for 20 years now and uh, we have I think about 20 mills um, in the country. We make feed for more or less every livestock animal you can think of really, chickens and uh, sheep, cattle um, and of, of course fish and prawns which is uh, what we do. And uh, yeah, we, we, we're branching out all the time, I think we, we make a lot of dog food as well and uh, they even make food for laboratory rats, um, for zoo animals, everything. So If an animal a needs a pellet, Ridley can do it. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. It's, it's, it's quite amazing, really. It's, uh, and, and like in the aquaculture world, you know, it's like uh, there's always a farmer somewhere going, oh, I want to try, uh, try and grow dewies or I want to grow uh, whiting. Can you make a feed for that? And you get that all the time. So it's, it's quite diverse, to say the least. So that is the sound of, of pellets dropping into the water. And we can see these little barramundis pop into the surface and enjoying their lunch. Yeah. What goes into fish food? Well, um, fish food is uh, it's, it's a quite a diverse set of raw materials. If you, like, if you start from the beginning, um, you have to have a pellet. And to get a pellet, you need to have a starch, like a shell, if you like. So we use starch, which is usually wheat or something like that. And that creates a framework to build the pellet around. Because at the end of the day, you have this little pellet that's either going into a prawn pond or a barramundi um, pond or a salmon cage. And uh, it's got to carry all the nutrients for the fish and it has a, a, if you like, a matrix which is made up of starch. So the first part is that matrix made up of wheat. And then uh, you have protein. Uh, that protein is what the animal uses for putting on muscle and for its bodily functions. So historically the protein was really just 100% fish meal. Oh. Because fish meal in those days, when I first started, like it was about 30 years ago, um, in those days, the diets were made up of just fish meal, fish oil, which was the energy source, and wheat. Huh. And, and, and that's, you know, that matrix to hold it together. And then there was vitamins and minerals. Um, and nowadays, you know, we're using a lot more, uh, a, a, big, a bigger range of raw materials. Um, so Such you, as? Well, if you look at the protein, the fish meal is uh, slowly, uh, we're using less and less fish meal as the diets become more sustainable. Um, so we are using vegetable protein, which is the first thing. So in Australia, we have a lupin crop, and we use dehulled lupins. It's a very common uh, protein source, and that's very digestible for fish. And then if you, you, you then can look at uh, land animal protein. So historically, um, you got the alarm going off in the background there. <laughs> I hope that's not us. <laughs> Welcome to the fish farm world. Yeah. Um, so historically, um, you know, you look at, that product, like land animal protein, was, um, was a waste product. 
and now it um, goes through nutrient recovery and it's treated as a high-value raw material and it's really looked after and you, what you create is like poultry meal, uh, meat meal uh, which is a, and, and feather meal which is um, very, very digestible and uh, very high quality. And what we have is a circular economy product which is, if you like, a byproduct of human food and we're then taking a waste, the waste of that because you know, it's basically the frames which we don't eat yep. and then we process that and recover all the nutrients and develop a very sustainable um, circular economy raw material. And does a pellet for barramundi differ to pellets for Atlantic salmon? Yeah, so if you like it's, um, it's the difference of like a chicken and a duck. They're both poultry but they both have different nutritional requirements. So um, a salmon, for example, tends to want to, has a much higher fat diet than a barramundi. So in salmon, you tend to have, um, you have a similar amount of uh, fish oil to barramundi because that's the requirement of those animals. But the energy is just a, it's a source of fuel. And so we can use vegetable oil or, cano- or, or poultry oil as a fuel that the animal needs to burn. And, um, you know, different species uh, have different, if you like, uh, energy requirements. So salmon have, tend to have a higher energy diet, so more fat in the diet than a barramundi. Right. And so it strikes me that your company would watch global markets like, like farmers do, keeping an eye on what the wheat price is doing absolutely. and the soy price and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a commodities group within, within Ridley Corporation that... Uh, probably one of the biggest buyers of grain in, in Australia. And um, they, they very carefully watch things like canola prices and, and uh, wheat prices because, of course, it's not just fish food. It's, it's poultry as well yeah. um, and, and other, other um, stock food. And so um, they're monitoring those prices. Um, and then when you look at fish meal, uh, fish meal is a very, uh, very restricted uh, raw material from a point of view of um, the government uh, in countries where, it's, where the fishing takes place um, control the quota and so that, that's in order to stop overfishing and to maintain the stocks so we have a sustainable supply of raw material and so they will restrict uh, the fishing and uh, there'll be a quota and if the demand is higher for that quota then the price will go up, Does up? and then everything follows so if you have a very bad soya crop everything's all linked up if you have a very bad wheat crop so that's why a lot of raw materials have gone up and that's why you know normal consumers see this in the price of food uh, generally is going up a lot at the moment if you're tuning in this is the country hour and we're speaking to dr richard smullen from ridley corporation we're at the humpty doo barramundi farm and we're learning about fish food and what goes into it it strikes me as an industry that is always innovating, always looking to, to improve, do something a bit different. And I understand people like yourself, Richard, looking at the possibility of, of insects more and more. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. And it's not just insects, but that's, that's one of them. I mean, um, you know, fish eat insects. You know, you, you, you know when you, if you go fishing, fly fishing, it's, yeah. it's, you're using an artificial insect. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like one of these things that over the years, um, people have started to say, well, can, can we make, can we grow insects? Can we grow insects for animal food and, and human food even? And uh, so now there's a whole industry uh, that's building, building up um, globally. Um, 
and uh, and it's starting in Australia. Australia is a long way behind the rest of the world, uh, but they're growing insects. Black soldier fly is the most common, and uh, the black soldier fly is then um, fed a diet which um, meets the nutritional requirements for in our, in our case for growing barramundi or prawns. You know, so um, we've been working for quite a while uh, with manufacturers of insect meal, and um, it's. It's a growing industry. Mm. It's, it's in the infancy at the moment in Australia. Um, and, but it's definitely a product which uh, the animals will grow very well on. Um, and we have algal oil now, which is very common. Algal oil. Al- algal oil. So it's basically they sure. grow algae and extract the oil from them. And it has very, very high omega-3. And so that means we use less fish oil and we can use algal oil now. Oh. So and, and 20 years ago, there was none of that. It, it was very fringe, fringy thing, you know. Um, and now we 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 uh, got people growing seaweed, not only for human consumption, but for use in stock feed and animal feed. Yeah, to reduce the methane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's all sorts of innovations happening in the feed ingredient space. It's it's um, amazing. I mean, Ridley itself, we work with CSIRO. We developed um, a bioflock. Uh, called Novak, and that's um, we've now improved that, and that's being fed to uh, prawns. And in Australia now, all the farms are using it, and um, you, you get improved growth, improved health, you know. And um, we're now looking at export for that raw material. So that was an Aussie-developed uh, raw material, uh, and an Aussie company's taken it on and commercialised it. And, and to uh, be sent to farms around the hopefully, world. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, it's just starting, yeah. So we, we've got farms in the Pacific Islands who are using it now, and um, it's, it's becoming an exciting place. So that, that raw material has been 10, 15 years in development, and that's the problem. It's, you have all this innovation, but it takes a long time. You know, you have to test it. You have to make sure it's, it's uh, safe to use, both for... For the animals for and the, the end consumer. The animals, mm. the end consumer, for the, the people who are making the feed. Um, but it takes time. Aquaculture in Australia. Can I get, finally, your thoughts on, on how it's going and what the next five, ten years might look like? <laughs> um, okay, when I first started, it was, uh, you know, this farm, where we're at Humpty Doo now. Um, I remember standing with Bob Richards at the far end of the farm, right down by the Adelaide River there, where all the crops are. Um, and it was a little tiny feed shed, and he had about, I don't know, maybe a couple of hundred tonnes of barramundi. And, and now, nearly 20 years later, he employs about 150 people. They've built this massive farm here, um, bringing jobs to the, to the territory, ancillary jobs as well, such as feed companies, you've got packaging, you've got engineers you got people with ice makers you know all being used and it brings a huge it's not just a farm but everything else that's around it and um that's what we've seen that growth um so aquaculture is you know the the fastest growing um sector in agriculture in the world so there's more i don't know not 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 many people know this but there's more um farmed fish that are eaten than wild caught fish in the world globally you know so that that's that's you know tantamount to the growth of the industry and and australia is 
a tiny proportion of what's out there globally. And Australians eat a, a huge amount of seafood, you know, and a lot of that's imported. And we could grow it all here. Thanks for spending time with the country out of today, Richard. Really that's appreciate it. Not a problem.